Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the We Are Podcast on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting uh, Network. This is Jared Prugar. He is Corey Geiger. Penn State's regular season ended in pretty much probably the, the best way it could have um, in, a, in a way to sum up the entire season uh, in one game in a, in a snowy East Lansing uh, at Spartan Stadium. It was an ugly game by by many accounts, uh, and, and, the, and probably the ugliest was the fact that Guy, a guy that just got paid uh, earlier this week, led the charge as far as how ugly it was. You know, Jared, it's hard to describe exactly how incredibly disappointing this season has been over the last seven games. When you think back to what this season, what people thought this season could be, when you go 5-0, and oh, and you're the number four team in the country. Now, look, at no point were they ever the fourth best team in the country, nor was Iowa the second best team in the country. But Penn State was ranked fourth in the country and then lost five of its last seven games. That is a complete and colossal failure in every way, shape, and form. We're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about James Franklin's future, Mike Yersich, the contra, all of it. We're going to talk about all of it. But the bottom line is, this is a colossal failure in every way. Your job is to win games, not to be close. Your job is to find a way, not find a way to lose. Your job is to get the job done when all the chips are down, not fold and fail like you've done so many times and so this game epitomized the season really and epitomized two seasons really for Penn State football yeah I mean it, it, the game itself uh, first of all if you want to talk schematics and game planning uh the Penn State offensive game plan should have been thrown off the, n- the nearest bridge and just floated down a river or into Lake Michigan or somewhere um, where it could just float to Canada for all I care. You're running out of the football against the team with the worst passing defense in the country. And this is, you're running the football knowing full well that you have not run the football all season. 
they line up with six guys in a box daring you to run and they took the bait the entire time now i understand that it was snowy the, the elements were a factor but again it's the worst ranked pass defense in the country and yet you continue to run the football something about that just does not make sense to me Corey. this is so damning to james franklin and mike yersich you know Jordan, you and I did not go to East Lansing. Uh, we, we stayed back here in PA. Um, so I cannot tell you 100% how bad the elements were. But I can tell you this. Snow, generally, generally, does not just crush your passing game, okay? I sent out a tweet during the game. I, I did a great interview a number of years ago with Joe Tiller, the great Purdue coach. Drew Brees brought passing attack to the Big Ten. He said snow doesn't really impact the passing game a tremendous amount. Rain doesn't necessarily impact the passing game. What impacts the passing game is wind, okay? Uh, and we've, we've seen Tom Brady, you know, in New England, slice people apart in snow. So Sean Clifford was 23 of 34 for 313 and three TDs. The snow was not a giant factor. Peyton Thorne, 19 of 30, 268 yards, two TDs. Snow was not a factor. What was a factor is Penn State had no freaking clue how to beat this defense. And I think it's embarrassing. I'm going to say, I'm going to go into the link at details about this later on, Jared. I think Mike Yersich should be fired. Period. I think what Mike Yersich did this year was embarrassing. Now, we're going to get into that later on. He's not going to be fired for one specific reason. But man, you got to come out and throw the ball 45, 50 times in that game, Jared. They are horrendous. They are absolutely beyond awful. They give up 340 yards passing per game. They give up 30 more yards passing per game than any other team in the country. This team is absolutely atrocious. And you brought it up. Todd Blackledge mentioned this a bunch of times during the game. They dared Penn State to run the ball. This is how badly they were outcoached, Jared. Penn State or Michigan State knows its pass defense is so awful. The sideline reporter during the game on TV said that a lineman was yelling at the DBs during the game, calling them pathetic. So Michigan State had a mutiny on its hands where their own players are calling their teammates pathetic. And so what does Michigan State do? Let's put six in the box. We're going to dare you to run give you these looks that you think you're going to run on, and Penn State finishes with 61 yards rushing and gets stuffed in some key spots. We're led to believe that Mike Yurzich is this offensive genius. This was offensive foolishness to its highest degree. Uh, Dave Jones from Penn Live put out there, wrote that they put the piece of cheese out there every time as the bait and Penn State fell for it. Because that's what Michigan State wanted them to do. Instead of you beating us with 60-yard touchdowns, we'll let you run for four or five yards and think that you're having success at it. This, Jared, this was a pathetic, absolutely, this is the worst coached you know, situational football that I think I can remember. Not that they came out and got, got their doors blown in by 40 points and they were just terrible and, and should you know never had a chance to win the game they should have won this game because michigan state's deep pass defense is that bad and yet they completely completely got out coached and out maneuvered by michigan state 
Yeah, I think that's kind of the the story of this season is getting that is them getting out coached in, in multiple instances. I mean, they've lost every game that they lost was by single digits. Um, they're not. It's not quite Scott Frost esque where where Nebraska lost all nine Big Ten games uh, or or all or however many games of the season um, by nine points or less. But um, or, I think a funny fact is at twenty of twenty nine games he's lost by eight or less points um at nebraska but you know james franklin just gets paid um all that money and and it's the same thing that happened with mel tucker last week he goes out gets rumored to get that deal at michigan state gets boat raced by ohio state and then he comes back and, and his spartans are ready to play even through some adversity they had the flu go through their program you would not have noticed uh with the way that they had played um and again penn state falls short because they ran the football when it mattered the most. And that's not something that they were ever strong at. Yeah. And look, that's its own, its own issue about the, the poor running game. And um, they got a lot of soul searching to do, but we're trying to keep it to this game specifically fourth and one you're in the red zone. I, I don't mind at all going for it there. You're down 23, 20. I'm fine going forward on fourth and one. I'm not going to criticize the decision, because Jordan Stout had struggled and they, uh, you know, it was good. It might've been tough to kick a 30, 31 yard field goal, but the play call to just give it right up the gut to give on, give on Lee. Jared, that hasn't worked, man. That hasn't worked all year at all. And not against just, fall state, not against Villanova, not against no. any team. No. And you know, but really even beyond that, just come out and say, we're going to throw the ball 50 times. That's what they had been doing a few weeks ago. They were hell-bent on throwing the ball. I just don't understand. And, again, we weren't in East Lansing, but Audrey Snyder did press James Franklin on running, and he was pretty short with the media after the game, said, we want to run the ball. Pitt State has not had a 100-yard rusher all year, and James you know, bit back and barked back at her, season's not over. Well, look, they, they're – they've clearly got something where they want to try to get this done, but you got to win the game. You got to win the game. Your goal can't be to get your running game going at the expense of winning the game. You should, they could have won this game easily target Jahan Dotson 25 friggin' times. You know, they Michigan state could not have stopped them through the air, Jared. No, no. And that was, that was, blatantly obvious almost as nearly as obvious as joey porter jr holding typically yeah. when a when a receiver gets past him but while penn state season is not over just yet neither is this podcast we're gonna come back for segment two here on the we are podcast the dk pittsburgh sports podcasting network podcast the dk pittsburgh sports podcasting network Corey and i are back again to talk about penn state we can talk schematics joey porter jr had a couple of key plays uh just like he has all year you know he he gets exposed against ohio state with the hold uh defensive hold and it turns into pass interference key times uh in this game uh cost penn state dearly 
uh, at the end. Jordan Stout, not his accurate self. The elements were uh, definitely a factor. Uh, sometimes, you know, when you kick field goals, when you kick off, when you punt, that's a tall task to ask uh, for anybody. And then the Penn State running game is, you know, st- we still haven't – it still hasn't shown up, and it's uh, almost December. Yeah, you know, just too many mistakes. Joey Porter, I don't understand that. Uh, Joey Porter has as much talent as anybody on this football team. I, he's you know, maybe a first-round kind of guy. His dad obviously played in the NFL for a long time, but this is just a whole bunch of penalties. I think it's like eight or nine either pass interference or holding penalties he's had over the last five games. Just really, and this one in the end zone, put Michigan State at the two. They score the go-ahead touchdown. That's just a bad play. Um, Penn State's defense, and and again, I can't wait to get into the Yersage stuff here in a minute because that's really the crux of what I want to talk about, Jerry. But Penn State's defense – Hadn't given up a touchdown in the first quarter all year. Michigan State goes right down the field and scores a touchdown. Penn State goes three and out. James Franklin punts on fourth and one, which I thought was an absolutely horrendous decision. Now, they did punt and pin Michigan State back at the one, but then Michigan State goes 99 yards right down the field, and it's 14 nothing. Michigan State came out ready to kick some ass today. Yeah. Michigan State. Absolutely. Michigan State came out ready to kick some ass. Penn State came out. I don't know. I don't know what the hell Penn State came out to do. Michigan State came out ready to punch somebody in the face and kick some ass after they got humiliated last week, Jared. Yeah, I mean, you had to expect them to be fired up. They they got smoked uh, against Ohio State, and anytime you get a, you get smoked by a team, you're you're coming out ready to fire on all cylinders the next game. You're dealing with some adversity. Kenneth Walker is hurt. Uh, doesn't practice very often. Has a flu bug, and they ran the ball with authority on on, Mich- or on Penn State early and you know kudos to Penn State I thought they made some good adjustments defensively Brandon Smith misses a key tackle late in the game um you know they and they and Daquan Hardy had to pick six you know so the defense I think did its part uh per se the offense just did not help the defense out they did not play complimentary football the Penn State could have won this game if if Stout makes that field goal makes the extra point this is a completely different game. And you mentioned that fourth, uh, that fourth down early in the game. Uh, I, you know, I think that's a good, and those elements, it, do you, you, to, to quote Jim Moore, you play to win the game, right? Or no, Denny Green. That was Denny Green. I'm sorry. But um, you play to win the game. And in it's and, the 12th game of the season, you're seven and four. They just marched right down the field and scored a touchdown on you. You got nine yards and three plays, and you decide, I'm just going to put my defense back on the field. That's just a horrific coaching decision. Now, look, um, I have clearly been outspoken about the contract that James Franklin received. A lot of people disagree. Jared, you might disagree. A lot of fans say, hey, give James Franklin all the time. He's done all this good stuff. I just don't think James Franklin is a very good coach on Saturdays, period. I mean, I, I think the track record on game day with James Franklin. Yeah, they won it in 2016, and I keep coming back to they had this unbelievable amount of talent on 20, in, on the team in 2016. They were in the Cotton Bowl a couple years ago. Yeah, sure, they beat, they beat Memphis. Not nice. Okay. So, look, there, there's been some success, but I really, Jared, I really want to get into your situation. I'm even going to give you the first crack at it. Because when I start talking about Yersich, I'm going to get pretty damn fired up. So you you give me your analysis of Mike Yersich this year. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you can say anything other than it's been pretty shitty, um, to be perfectly honest with you, because... Well, you, are we allowed to stop to say that? Well, the FCC won't let me be, so... <laughs> hey, I don't... Listen, I said it. It is what it is. But, again, here's the deal. You come in, you're, out, you're this, you're this, you know, this, this glorified guy at, at Texas, and you do good things at, at Oklahoma State. You're Justin Fields' quarterback coach at Ohio State. Uh, Ryan Day just now finally lost his first Big Ten, uh, Big Ten game of his career uh, to Michigan of all of all teams. Um, maybe now the Ohio, the state of Ohio, will recognize the letter M um, in the alphabet. But I mean, you expect more from him, and and maybe we're giving him too much credit, or we want we're expecting too much of Mike Yurcich. Uh, but again, this is the fifth offensive coordinator in four in as many years. Uh, at Penn State and that's not a situation that's good either um, so I think you know you take the results with a grain of salt but again even under Kirk Shiraka the offense was competent they scored points they didn't score over 30 points against a power five opponent this year and you know what with the defense that they have hey maybe that is good but you have to put up those points you have to put up points if you want to win games obviously you know to to be perfectly blunt the team that scores the most points wins games. But there are so many times throughout the season where Penn State had the opportunity to score more points. They just didn't. You know, you go back to the Illinois game and you go back to nine overtimes and many of those being from the two yard line. And you don't you're not capable of running a play to get you two yards, two yards even. And then just a couple of the, the plays on fourth down and and not necessarily the calls to go for it, because I think, you know, looking at the the reality of it going for it in those situations is a good idea it's the play calling and the play execution granted Mike Yurcich can't go out there and make those plays and he can't go out and execute I'm sure he would love to execute on fourth and one with the game on the line and you give the ball to Kevon Lee and he just dances in the backfield rather than getting up field and lowering his pads but again you know hey he's James Franklin's guy I don't think that he's going to get fired because I think they're going to give him a second year but Hey, the, the, the seat's getting very, very warm. Mike Yersich failed. And Mike Yersich deserves to be fired. James Franklin fired Kirk Shiraka last year. Penn State's offense last season was 37th in the country. Wasn't good enough. Kirk Shiraka's throwing all these damn fade patterns in the, in the red zone. Oh, Not the goal good. line fade, baby. 37th in the country. Penn State's 81st in the country in total offense coming into this game today. 81st. So they'll finish right around their 80th. So 40 spots worse. James Franklin fired the previous guy who was 37th. Rushing offense. Last year, Penn State was 55th. They've been around 115th to 120th this year. This is an embarrassing offense. You've got, I do believe, even though he was not a finalist for the Blitnikoff Award. I do believe Jahan Dotson is the best receiver in the country. Without I believe Jahan Dotson is the best Penn State receiver of all time in college. And you've got a third-year starting quarterback. You can't score 30 points. Mike Yersich has failed, period. There's that, look, I'm not sugarcoating it, whether this is James Franklin hamstringing him at Michigan State, saying, I want to run here, 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 whatever. Mike Yersich's play calling was abysmal. And if you're going to fire Kirk Sharaka, look, Yersich is not going to get fired. Well, why? 
at this point, fan, Penn State fans, if you're listening to us, you should know. Drew Aller is Mike Yersich recruit. He's been recruiting for several years. You can't fire Mike Yersich because then maybe Drew Aller walks. Can't lose the number one quarterback in the country. But what are you going to have next year? You got a three-year starting quarterback. You got the best wide receiver in the country. Can't run the ball at all, at all. Can't score 30 points on anybody in the league. I, I just, I cannot express how disappointing uh, Mike Yersich has been. I'm a big offense guy, Jared. I want to see a lot of points. I'm, as we're speaking here, I'm watching the final few seconds of Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma in Bedlam uh, for a chance for Oklahoma State to go to the college football playoff potentially uh, after everything that's happened. And, and I love that Big 12 style. It doesn't work in the Big 10. You got to be able to run the ball in the Big 10. And I just, I, I just cannot believe that this is what we saw uh, from a guy that everybody, including me, thought was some kind of offensive genius. Yeah, I mean, we there there's much to be desired here um, because, I mean, you have Jahan Dotson, you have Sean Clifford, who's a third-year starter. Uh, Sean Clifford, I thought, played much better this year than he did last year. I think the, the improvement was exactly what they needed um, out of him. But the running backs were supposed to be a strong suit. And I understand, um, you know, one of those situations where, up front matters and the offensive line matters and you know who is that is that on them up front is that on the execution is that on Phil Troutwine being in the second system here under James Franklin his third system in three years uh because of where he because he was coming from Boston College so uh, who does the blame fall on I mean I you know you last year you had COVID and you had oh well we didn't do this we didn't do that well now this is a normal year you know, what's what's your excuse now? Because as as great as you can talk all the talk about winning games and, and want to know and whatever, but when you're 0 and one and and you lose to Michigan State and you lose to Ohio State and you lose to Illinois and Iowa and you go from the fourth ranked team in the country to the Las Vegas Bowl or ninth the Bowl. Jared, they yeah. finished ninth in the Big Ten. Now, of ninth. course, there are more than ten teams in the Big Ten. Still, they're they're at the top half of the bottom, and that's not good. And you got this coach that's going to be there for ten more years. You know, something's got to give. Something's got to start getting better. The results have to start speaking for themselves. And you can talk about recruiting all you want, but again, you have to develop talent. If you can't develop it on the field. It's not going to do you any good. Look, uh, Jared and I just did a podcast earlier in the week. Uh, what did we do? 20, 30 minutes on James Franklin and everything. Um, you can go listen to that uh, if you want, you know, a whole lot of discussion on this. But uh, my bottom line is why? Why the need to fall over yourself to give him a 10-year extent? Why? Okay, so nine weeks ago, Clay Helton gets fired. Things are looking good for Penn State. Nine weeks ago, there was a real danger James Franklin could leave. What was the danger now? What was the danger two, three weeks ago? Once he lost to Illinois, I mean, it seems I, I just don't understand the panic that the administration at Penn State must have felt that they had to give James Franklin the earth, the moon, the sky, the universe. They gave him everything. He's seven and five. I don't even think he should have gotten a contract extension at all. 
not only does he get a contract extension, they gave him everything, phenomenal buyout situations that favor him in both scenarios. No, he didn't get a huge raise financially, but he did get a raise and he got 10 years. I just don't, why? I just don't get it. He had four years left on his contract at $7 million per year. He has struggled badly for two years. I don't think he was going anywhere because I don't think anybody wanted him. Nine weeks ago, sure, maybe people wanted him. Six weeks ago, sure. Four weeks ago, I don't know. Now, Penn State couldn't hold off another week and roll the dice. And quite frankly, if somebody wants your seven and five coach, let him walk. Is he really, is it, I just don't understand this thinking. It's, it's almost like they held James Franklin up on this massive pedestal that, yeah, maybe in 2016 he earned, but clearly over the last two years that pedestal has been knocked down and they just panicked. They, they completely overlooked the fact that this team hasn't really been all that good this season and that the coach is really struggling but let's give him 10 years anyway. I, I think this is just asinine what has happened, Jared. I, I literally think that Sandy Barber and Penn State blew this to such terrible proportions because I think they were bidding against themselves because ultimately at the end of the day, I don't think USC would want James Franklin right now. I don't think LSU would want James Franklin right now. So you let him stay on his four-year, $7 million a year contract and just play it out and see how it goes. Now no. the guy's going to be there 10 years. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like he's there for 10 years. You're pot committed here now because at some point he's not going to go anywhere. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, he's been at the university for so long. Why bother going elsewhere? But you know, you got to put up or shut up to me. And, and, and Hey, listen, this isn't going to be Sandy Barber's problem. This isn't going to be Eric Barron's problem. The president of Penn state university. Um, they're gone in a couple of years. Barron's gone after this year. Sandy Barber's gone after her contract is up uh, here in a couple of years. So, I mean, they're, they're going to be somebody else's problem. They're going to be, it's somebody else's issue. Um, kid Penn state has not gotten somebody better. Yeah, probably. They probably could have gone out and got somebody better, but do you want to start, re start over again? But again, Penn state, you use COVID as a crutch for as long as you want. They were four and five. They weren't even below 500 in the sanction era. Uh, and that's an era where James Franklin started at Penn State with Bill O'Brien's guys, uh, with guys that, you know, were, were part of the program under Joe Paterno that, that lived through those sanctions and played through those sanctions. Franklin kept the team afloat then. Bill O'Brien kept the team afloat then. They were never as bad as what they were in four or five. And, and don't get me wrong, there are teams that would kill to be seven and five. But at Penn State, seven and five doesn't cut it. Seven and five gets you nothing. You're, right now he's making a million dollars per Per his record this year, that does not cut it. You have to win games. You have to win 9, 10, 11, 12 games if you want to live up to those expectations. You're going to play Ohio State. You, got, you can't compete with Ohio State anymore. you got to beat them. You can't get beat at, by Michigan at home. You can't get beat by single digits to Michigan State when you have a fourth-quarter lead. You just can't have that happen. You have to win those big games. You have to start putting those wins together and building that momentum. You can't limp into the offseason losing the way that Penn State has, had, has this season. 
And that's really what is so maddening about all of this is that they had a lead uh, at 2017. Michigan State took the lead with 214 to go in the third quarter, 23-20. So they had a lead late in the third quarter in this. They had a lead in the fourth quarter against Michigan. They were down three in the fourth quarter against Ohio State. They, they are good enough to compete. Good enough doesn't well, cut it. Right. What is Penn State football? What is Penn State football? You know, I just – I'll own this, Jared. I'll own this personally. I will admit that I can be pretty critical of Penn State football compared to most reporters. Because I do actually hold Penn State to a higher standard, I think, than say, maybe sometimes even fans do. You're Penn State. Somebody wrote on my Twitter that why would Penn State have such an inferiority complex that it couldn't go get a better coach than James Franklin? Why would that be? You've got like the eighth most wins of all time in the history of college football. Oh, well, Nebraska. Well, Nebraska. Scott Frost. Look what happened to them. So what? That's a completely different situation. Nebraska is in a vastly different type of scenario than Penn State. If you move on from James Franklin and he wants to move on, fine. I still think you could have gotten Luke Fickle for six or seven million dollars. And I think he's a better coach than James Franklin anyway. But this notion that being close and being competitive and losing these games by a handful of points, that will never, ever, ever, ever be good enough for Penn State. No, absolutely not. Nor should it be. You know, Penn State, they, they want to talk about the 92 season or 94 season, and you want to talk about 84, uh, the, the, the national championship teams. But right now, Penn State's not done anything. They, you, yeah, you've won the Fiesta Bowl. You've won, you competed against USC in the Rose Bowl. You've won the Cotton Bowl. You got to start putting up those big wins. You got to make the playoffs. You can't keep going to the lower tier bowls, the Citrus One Bowl, or, or I'm sorry, the Citrus Bowl, the Capital One Bowl, the the Outback Bowl. No disrespect to those. We all know we love Bloomin' Onions uh, on this podcast, but you know you have to start competing. You ha- and more than competing, you have to start winning. Winning solves everything. Winning, winning makes it worth that contract. How many coaches are really truly worth their contracts right now? Nick Saban, they almost lost to Auburn. They took four overtimes to lose to, um, you know, it, it's just one of those situations. So, you know, they, they almost lost to Auburn. These teams, you know, you're, these coaches are a dime a dozen. Even the best have slip-ups. But when it's a constant slip-up every year, something's got to give. Yeah, and these, these common – Themes, these common traits that we've seen from James Franklin loses a lot of close games, man. Loses a lot of close games. You, I, I think James Franklin needs to fully reevaluate and analyze everything that he does during the game. Everything. This isn't about us in the media bitching. This is about a coach who is extremely intelligent and who does his job very, very well in many ways. That's why Penn State gave him the contract. They want to be connected to James Franklin because he represents the school and does a lot of good things. James Franklin needs to fully, one million percent, evaluate 
every single thing that he does during games because the common trait for why Penn State football is further away from elite than it's ever been since he said it in 2018 is James Franklin. Mm-hmm. What is he doing? What is he doing? We can talk about Mike Yersich. Was James Franklin the one on the headset telling Mike Yersich to run the ball more? Or calling know. a timeout before yeah, uh, George still going. Icing your own kicker. How ridiculous is that? How ridiculous is that? James Franklin, again, just so everybody is clear, I really like James as a person. I think he is a pro. I'm not getting invited to his house for the beer party where he talks and tells me. I guarantee I'm not getting invited to that because I actually speak the truth. And the truth is the biggest issue that this Penn State football program has is James Franklin, the coach, on Saturdays. Not James Franklin, the coach, on Sunday through Friday. Not James Franklin, the recruiter. The biggest issue this program has is that James Franklin, I believe, affects them in too many negative ways during the game. That's what he has to he has to self-analyze. He should he can be talking all this stuff all he wants about all these things that he's gonna do and be prepared. James Franklin needs to go on a retreat for a week by himself and watch about a thousand hours of game film. I know that doesn't quite uh, add up math-wise, but watch all this game film and analyze every single decision he that he makes on Saturday. Because I'm telling you, I think he is the biggest liability that the Penn State football program has. His coaching during the games yeah i mean he talked the, the big mo this week was penn state competing nationally 365 days a year well that's great but for 12 saturdays every year or 13 saturdays every year they're not competitive nationally because of something that penn state does in a given game whether it's a bad call whether it's a lack of execution whether it's a loss you know that's that's part of it too so it's one of those situations where you got to put up or you shut up. And you know what? The Penn state's going to start putting it up because heads are going to start rolling if they're not able to do so. Not but, for 10 more years. No, not for 10 more years, but <laughs> we still have about 10 more years left to go on this podcast, or that's one segment left um, in podcast terms. We'll catch you on the flip side of this break on the, we are podcast, the DK Pittsburgh sports podcasting network. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the We Are Podcast, the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Like we've said, the season is not over for Penn State. Now it's on the bowl season. You've got the early commitment cycle here coming through December 15th. And sometime before, way before New Year's, Penn State is looking to play uh, their bowl game. I don't think it's going to be, it's going to be, a, it's not going to be a top tier bowl game. Um, obviously not New Year's Six. Uh, not even going to be, I think, anywhere close to New Year's Day just because of the fact that, hey, seven and five doesn't get the job done. But, Corey, where do you think that they're going to end up here um, in the bowl season? If I had to guess, I'd probably say the Las Vegas Bowl. Um, the Pinstripe Bowl is a possibility as well. And 
Penn State does have a big fan base in New York, so they would probably love to have Penn State there. The questions, though, are these. Who's playing in the bowl game? Will Jahan Dotson play in the bowl game? Even Sean McDonough, who doesn't get into a lot of controversial stuff on the broadcast, he brought it up during the, during the TV broadcast about whether or not Jahan Dotson would play in the bowl. And apparently he, Jahan was asked by the media in East Lansing after the game, and he dodged the question. Um, this is 7-5, okay? Typically, wide receivers don't really get hurt. You don't see that a lot, okay? So – I, I, you know, I could see John Dotson wanting to play in a bowl, but at the same time, it's a seven and five bowl, bowl game. It's, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is, he, he's a first round draft pick. He's got to look out for himself. And that is so important because, man, <laughs> Jared, if you take John Dotson out of the mix with this, with this team, because they can't run the ball and he, I just don't know what this offense would be without John Dotson. Sean Clifford, um, Look, this has got to be it. I know there's questions about whether or not he might want to come back next year. I think you tell the young man, thank you for your service. It's time to it's time to move on. That we don't that that they would need to tell even if he wants to, that they would need to tell him we're not bringing you back. And, and that might be really difficult because Sean Clifford's done a lot of good things for Penn State, but he's 21 and 11, and you got to move on. You can find somebody. You got to you got to move on. If he wants to transfer somewhere else, fine. Uh, I don't think we can go through another year of this with Sean Clifford. I don't know what the, how that benefits your program, you know. So I, I just think th- these next few weeks are going to be a lot of key decisions that Penn State's going to have to go through. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they do need to part ways with Sean Clifford, I, whether he goes to the pro or he goes to another school. Um, I, I just think it, it, it's just time. Let's be real. I mean, you have Drew Aller, you have Christian Veyu coming up in the system. Um you got to go with the young hands. I mean, he's done his part. They they maxed out against Memphis in the Cotton Bowl under Clifford. Now is that time? Just hey, see ya. Congratulations. Enjoy lettering for three years or four years or however many years he lettered at Penn State. Um, yeah, John Dotson is the is the offense right now. I think I thought Parker Washington had a really good game. Um, I think he's showing promise. He's only a true. I mean, it, realistically, he's a true sophomore classification wise he's a freshman um you know Kendrick Limerick Smith had a ball thrown his way in the end zone gets deflected uh yeah I mean I don't I don't want to see the offense without Jahan Dotson I mean obviously I think he's one of the best receivers to play at Penn State of all time uh to me Chris Godwin I think has the best ball skills and that and he's right up there with them uh same thing with Alan Robinson but yeah I, I mean if I'm if I'm Jahan Dotson I'm hey do I do I take a chance? Do I take a chance at, at severely risking uh, career-threatening injury uh, in a game that really doesn't matter? I mean, let's be real. Um, champion goes to the Rose Bowl, if not for the playoffs. So Michigan would go to the go to that. Then, uh, then it's probably Ohio State to the Rose Bowl, uh, Citrus Bowl, Outback Bowl, Music City Bowl, Pinstripe Bowl, Quick Lane Bowl. Las Vegas Bowl because it's an odd year. It's 2021. They play a Pac-12 team. I mean, let's – I mean, I'm thinking it's probably going to be the Las Vegas Bowl or the Pinstripe Bowl, to be perfectly honest with you. But it's just not pretty for Penn State, no matter who plays. Yeah, and 
who who would have thought we could have gotten this point? I can't hammer it home enough that they finished ninth in the Big Ten, tying with Illinois, and, and you lost Illinois. So when we take a look at the future, we got early signing day coming up here in a couple of weeks. Um, there's a lot of optimism around that recruiting class, uh, top five in the country as of right now, led by Drew Aller, the number one quarterback. But that class is not really going to make a gigantic impact for at least two years and maybe three. Maybe some of those guys mm -hmm. will have impacts uh, as freshmen. But by and large, we're two to three years away from that class really asserting itself on the field. So what do we have next year? You got Christian Bayou. You got Drew Aller coming in as a true freshman. You can go the transfer portal route. There's like a guy, Dylan Gabriel from UCF. He entered the portal on Saturday. He's probably not coming to Penn State. Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma lost his job to Caleb Williams. Could he come to Penn State? Could, could Mike Yersich pull some strings? Maybe he recruited Spencer Rattler or, or knew of him or something at some point. Maybe there's a connection. I don't know. Uh, can they go get a can they go get a one year guy in the transfer portal? Look, I liked what I saw from Christian Bayou against Rutgers. I did. In fact, I wanted to see Bayou get some get some snaps against Michigan State. But do we think Christian Bayou is ready to go nine and three or ten and two in an offense that won't have Jahan Dotson and will probably have offensive line issues again? I think next year, Jared, if I had to pick right now, and this could change drastically based on the transfer portal. Jared, I'd pick them to go seven and five next year. Okay. So uh, I don't think the immediate future is all that bright. Seven and five, eight and four. Now, if they crush it and bring in 15 guys from the portal, like Mel Tucker did at Michigan State, if they go find a Kenneth Walker like he did mm -hmm. in the portal, then, then things could change. Um, but boy, I'll tell you what, I, I think the immediate future, the next year, and then next year's that bridge year. How much do you get Drew Aller some experience maybe for two years from now? There's a lot of questions about this Penn State program. And again, I cannot overstate what I said earlier in the second segment of why Penn State's administration felt like it had to cave and give James Franklin all of this now. If they go seven and five next year, Jared, I mean, the heat's even going to be further on him. I just, I just don't think that any of this really should have happened uh, given how much Franklin has struggled. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, right? It's just one of those situations. Um, yeah. There's a lot of struggle there the last two years. It's, it's not Penn State football. And I think they, I think right now I would say probably seven and five, eight and four, um, I mean, it's just not, we just don't know. There's just so many, you know, coming into the season, they brought a lot of guys back. They lost Jason away. Um, okay, great. It, it, which, and they lost Micah Parsons and, and they lost some guys here and there, but we knew what they had coming back next this season in 2021. Um, and, and I'll, I'll honestly probably three, three wins is probably a lot better than what we thought. You know, in nine games, they went four and five last year, seven, seven wins this year. Um, so, I mean, it, it, now this year coming into 2022, we just, there are just so many different variables that we just don't know about right now. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of work that Penn State needs to be, that needs to be taken care of here. Um, 
in the near future because obviously they got to develop up front. Uh, they got to develop uh, the running backs. I mean, I thought the running backs took a significant, significant step back next, uh, this year. I mean, looking ahead, they start the season at Purdue. They're home against Ohio at Auburn. That's going to be a tough one to play. Uh, they host a directional Michigan and central Michigan. Then Ohio state, Michigan, Illinois. Um, they're at Michigan next year. They're home against Michigan state at Indiana home against Maryland and Minnesota and at Rutgers to end the year. Um, very disappointing that the land grant trophy is not the end of the season next year, but I don't make the calls. Um, we would play for the land grant trophy every week if it was up to me, but yeah, I mean, I mean, at Purdue, that's a tough one to start. You would expect them to win at Purdue. You would expect to win against Ohio. Um, I would say probably going to lose to Auburn. Um, beat uh, directional Michigan. A loss to Ohio State. Loss to Michigan, probably. Uh, they probably could go seven and five, eight and four, depending on you know how things shake up for them. What do they want to be? What does Penn State football want to be? So much focus has been on James Franklin and contract and commitment and facilities and all that stuff. The facilities didn't lose to Michigan State. The facilities didn't lose to, to Illinois. They lost because they don't have an identity as a football program on the offensive side. You've got a Big 12 coach who wants to come in and throw the ball all over the place. And in the one frigging game where you should be throwing the ball all over the place, you decide to run in key plays. I don't know what the, I don't know what this team wants to be. I don't know what Penn State football program. I don't know what they want to be. You want to be a Big Ten team, then you'd better learn. You better get your offensive linemen to learn how to bust some ass in the trenches because they don't do that. You want to be a Big Twelve team, then go all out and throw the ball fifty-five times, but don't go don't blow it against the worst passing defense in the country by running the ball a bunch, okay? What do you want to be? Figure out what, what your identity is going to be. Do you want to be a Big Ten offense or do you want to be a Big 12 offense? This hybrid thing didn't work this year. And quite frankly, I'm not sure Mike Yersich is going to be cut out to be a, a Big Ten offensive coordinator who is going to get, get a strong running game. So, hey, Jared, I, I just – I'm. I'm flummoxed, man. I don't, I don't have the answers. I got a lot of questions, but I just don't know that. I don't know that there are any easy answers that are going to be found right now. Yeah, I mean, it's still too early. I mean, the season's just ended. We're not even 24 hours away, or as far as the regular season is concerned. But yeah, I mean, Penn State has a lot of questions to answer in the offseason. You would hope that after a year in the Big Ten, Mike Yurcich is understand now concepts. Um, because I don't see that there's going to be any uh, – There's, I don't think there's going to be very much um, coaching overturn. I mean, Scott Frost in Nebraska, maybe. Um, Illinois, obviously, brand-new staff there. Uh, Purdue, I don't think – I don't think anything's going to happen there. Indiana had a down year. Well, they went 0-9 in the Big Ten. That's not good. Um, Rutgers, I mean, I don't think they're going to get re rid of the Shiano man. Loxley, I think, is good at Maryland. So I don't think there's going to be much difference uh, as far as the Big Ten is concerned. So you're going to see a lot of the same concepts um, schematically next year. So, hey, just come out ready to go and, and see. And, and, hey, now that we're starting to get guys that, that um, Yersich wants in his offense, guys that can run his offensive freshmen like Drew Aller, 
hey, let's see what happens. Maybe they put the let them go. Let them, maybe they let them let run the offense, run them show. But you know, with Bayou and, and Aller and the lack of experience, who knows what's going to happen in the future? If you can't run the ball, though, Jared, what difference does it make? Oh, it doesn't matter if you do. If I mean, you have to run the ball, and it starts up front. You have to start developing linemen, um, and it's it, and that's the thing. If, like, if they can't run the ball, they're going to get Drew Aller killed. Next well, year. and that's the thing too. I mean, that's the thing too. The experience, right? Is it going to be good experience? Is it going to be experience? Yeah, right. Where he's staring, um, staring at the sky. Or... Bingo, they broke. Christian Hackenberg got broken because they had a bad offensive line. People, people want to play Drew Aller as a true freshman? Fine. Maybe he's great. If they can't run the ball, he's going to be on his backside the whole season. One thing Sean Clifford is really good at is picking up the pressure and taking off. I mean, he's he's pretty good uh, mobile quarterback, and he's seen it with all of his experience. Again, the, these are all factors that all come back to my question of what does Penn State want to be? Um, we're recording this late on Saturday night after the game. I do. I would fully expect Phil Troutwine to be fired. If Phil Troutwine is not fired and James Franklin just wants to keep the status quo on his staff, then you know who's going to get even more blame? James Franklin. Oh, without a doubt. Because, because sometimes – and I don't really know Phil Troutwine. We have to judge results as they are. Sometimes you got to make changes. And even if you don't want to, you got to make changes for change's sake. Well, and, and for somebody that's as controlling as Franklin, how much of, how much is what he's saying is going into Phil Troutwine's ear about who we need to about who Penn State needs to play, right? Because when they went younger last week against Rutgers, it worked. It, and I what. understand it's it's Rutgers, but how much of that loyalty factor goes into it with James Franklin? Because to me, that is what's holding Penn State back, that loyalty if, factor, right? I if mean, there wasn't the Aller factor, I'm probably going to go 70-30 on this, no. But if there wasn't the Aller factor, I would really wonder if James Franklin would say, I made a mistake with Mike Yersich. Now, again, we don't know who was – ultimately calling some of these shots on Saturday if Franklin was telling him he had to run. But there was nothing about this offense this year that would lead you to think that that coordinator should be back. If you didn't know who it was, if you didn't know his situation, if you didn't know he was in his first year, and you, all you knew were the results, one of the 15 worst rushing teams in the country, can't run the ball at all, uh, didn't score 30 points on anybody in the Big Ten. If you knew nothing about anything, you could make a really strong case that the offensive coordinator should be fired. But he can't do it because Aller. Um, I, I, I wonder if next year Mike Harrisich is really on the hot seat because he's going to get – if Aller's there and you got the guy, uh, they'd better see a hell of a lot of improvement next year. Yeah, and, and without, you know, taking away all of our – content for the off season um we'll talk about coaching and stuff like that as as we get closer and closer to the off or closer to the off season but yeah i mean penn state has some decisions to make james franklin has some decisions to make but Corey, we have some decisions to make too before we say goodbye penn state has one two three four five six seven eight nine bowl eligible teams what are your thoughts on who goes where I'm thinking, I'm thinking Las Vegas Bowl and maybe 
UCLA, I, I think I saw that that was a possibility. Uh, that would be a pretty interesting, pretty interesting matchup. Um, I, I, I'd kind of like the to bowl tie-in. So, so the bowl tie-ins here, uh, Rose Bowl for the Big Ten champion. Uh, if they're not selected for the playoff, then it gets filled in. I think Michigan, the winner of the Big Ten championship, if it's Michigan, and I think they'll handle Iowa. <laughs> Um, is going to play in the and is going to play in the playoff. So I think that's going to be Ohio State. Ohio State will go to the Rose Bowl. Then you've got Iowa, Wisconsin in line for the Citrus Bowl and the Alabama. Well, Michigan State too. Michigan State, yeah, Michigan State. So those so, are five. So again, you're talking Penn State's going to do no better than the seventh or eighth best bowl anyway. Right, and I think Penn State because of their brand is going to get a little bit of a boost here. I think if I'm if I'm looking at it correctly, I think Penn State, if it's me, Penn State's going to play in the pinstripe bowl. Now, keep in mind, I'm selfish. I'm sitting here in my office at my house in the comforts of my home, staring at a Derek Jeter picture. And who did Derek Jeter play for, Corey? Yeah, when you can get Penn State in the pinstripe bowl, we were there a number of years ago with, against Boston College with Hackenberg. Uh, Penn, you know, New York would love to have Penn State, seriously, because mm-hmm. they're probably thinking, hey, we wouldn't get a shot at Penn State very often. Right. Um, so I'm selfishly hoping that they end up at the pinstripe bowl because that's an easy, quick drive for me to get to Yankee stadium, um, and visit monument park for actually the first time. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's there or the Las Vegas bowl. Um, so maybe get your, get your crap skills ready, Corey. We might be heading West. You know know what I remember about the pinstripe bowl, uh, staying in this team hotel, probably a Marriott and the, the, the breakfast was not included. You know, you, you go to these restaurants or these hotels where breakfast is included in the morning, all right? Well, these big fancy hotels, they don't do that. And you're in New York City. So I got this buffet breakfast, Jared. Typical buffet, bacon, eggs, sausage, whatever. You know how much the breakfast buffet was at this friggin' hotel? At in least New York 20 City? bucks. At least bucks. $35. <laughs> $35 for some eggs, bacon, fruit, uh, hash browns, and uh, sauce. $35. So uh, I'm not sure my budget can uh, can take the pinstripe bowl, but uh, it'd be better going there, I guess, as a drive as opposed to maybe trying to fly out to, to Vegas. That's right. So until Corey and I figure out where we're going for the offseason, whether we – well, we're definitely not flying south. We're either going north or west. Um, it'll be one of those weeks, we're sure. So the Bulls come out the next, sun, next Sunday, so we'll have another podcast before then. Uh, on conference championship Saturday. But until then, this has been the We Are Podcast and the EK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. For Corey Geiger, this has been Jared Prugar. We'll talk to you again next week. 